Are Max Scherzer and Charlie Morton getting underdrafted? We'll be looking at targets for the front of your fantasy rotation. Like death and taxes, Dodger's been a Dodger. <laughs> I have but, not had uh, three co-brews uh, yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15. On The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Thursday, May 28th. I'm Al Melker. I am here with Michael Beller. And, uh, Michael, get ready to have some fun mapping out a uh, first couple of spots in our fantasy rotations? I thought you'd never ask, Al. Let's do it. <laughs> why, you know, why not? Why not? Uh, I think certainly more fun than um, on uh, Wednesday's show when DVR and I broke down the details that we had at that point about the uh, owner's proposal. So, uh Sort of grim stuff, I guess. Um, yeah. Hopefully but, they figure this out in the next uh, couple of uh, days here. But you and I can have a little bit of fun while they're at that. That's right. We, uh, we'll certainly be uh, coming back to that topic. In fact, a little bit later in the show, but definitely uh, in the days to come. But, yeah, you know, I was looking at uh, ADPs on the NFBC site. And I guess what got me doing this, Michael, was I was thinking about, okay, won't draft start again? And I'm going to say when and not if. Be, be optimistic here. I like it. I like it. <laughs> but, you know, I, I just think about the, I think it's sort of a fantasy industry cliche, you know, talking about certainty with pitching and where where's the drop off in that. And, you know, we talk about maybe the top 20 or so, 25 varies from year to year, where there's some relative certainty in getting starting pitching. And then there's, uh, I'm thinking of the, the Paul Sporer term for it, the blob, you know, everything thereafter where it's really hard to differentiate. But, it, you know, when I look at rankings and I look at ADPs, I, you know, I see uncertainty kind of throughout, <laughs> throughout the rankings. Uh, and just as an example, that uh, Justin Verlander now is pretty much the consensus number five starter overall. And he's clearly got, uh, got risk this year coming off of a, a couple of health issues. So... I thought we'd take a look at roughly the top 20 or so uh, starters in terms of ADP and try to try to evaluate, um, first of all, how how pitchers are being drafted, if it makes sense to us. And if there's ways to find, I guess, relative certainty or relative value uh, so that you really make the most out of the front of your rotation, you know, making sure you nail down those first two spots as best as you can. So here we go. Uh, number one, of course, uh, well, actually I shouldn't say of course, uh, cause there, there may be a little uncertainty. It is Garrett Cole. I suppose you can make an argument for Jacob deGrom being number one. He's I would make that argument. Yeah. Okay. You would. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> Cole is, uh, just a little bit below an even six, uh, an average draft position 5.94 to be exact, um, post shutdown. I need to, I should have specified that right out the gate. This is post shutdown ADPs, uh, March 12th forward. Um, DeGrom is just basically about a spot behind him at 7.25. But right away, I saw something in these um, post-shutdown ADPs that really took me back. Walker Bueller at number three. Now, I wrote a piece at some point during the offseason about how I didn't even like Walker Bueller as the number five starter overall, and there was consensus around that. Number three since the shutdown, bumping down Max Scherzer to number four. Uh, every projection <laughs> system thinks that Scherzer will have more value, at least all the ones that are on fan graphs. Mm-hmm. Um, 
do you see an argument for Bueller over Scherzer? You know, I really don't. And I always am willing to at least engage in the argument that I don't necessarily agree with. Uh, even if I could craft an argument for Walker Bueller, I would still be on Max Scherzer as the number three starting pitcher. This is one of those instances, though, where I just don't see what clearly the majority of our brethren are seeing, right? I mean, if, if Bueller's being driven to the number three spot ahead of Scherzer, then more people would take Bueller than take Max Scherzer with Cole and DeGrom off the board and I just don't see it, Al. I actually read that piece. I know the piece that you're talking about that, you, that you're referencing, and I think you made an excellent point in there in that uh, Walker Buehler just doesn't have the swinging strike rate that we see from the other elite starters, and it's hard to bank on his strikeouts the way that you can a Cole, a DeGrom, a Scherzer uh, because his swinging strike rate, strike rate excuse me, doesn't match up with those three guys. And Walker Buehler, with his extreme youth, uh, I think can make up some of that ground uh, by pitching a volume of innings. Well, there is no such thing as a volume of innings in the 2020 season. Uh, I think a lot of guys are going to be uh, vying for the innings pitch title this year. So I'm with you on this, or at least I assume where you're going with this one. I think Scherzer is the easy number three, almost in a tier by himself in that number three spot. I think he's a touch behind DeGrom and Cole, but a touch ahead of everyone else who would come next. Yeah, and I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, I think that those, you know, that big three, if we now bump Scherzer back up to number three, they really distinguish themselves, with Scherzer being the clear number three. Uh, but, you know, they're they're fairly bunched together here. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a little puzzling to me. So, uh, you know, at least we know how we uh, – we're going to roll on that one. But I also think it's interesting now to go to number five, and I alluded to this already, with Justin Verlander uh, with an ADP just above 20. So a little bit of separation, um, but not much really, about uh, four spots behind Max Scherzer. And to me, it seems like that gap should be bigger because I was very big on Verlander before uh, before he had the uh, groin surgery. But, you know, that on top of recovering from a lat strain, he could, you know, he could maybe be number one or number two this year. But the, the risk, I think, I think it should maybe bump him back a little bit. Yeah, I'm with you too. And uh, another thing that I think about a lot with really all these pitchers, I think this goes uh, to even DeGrom and Cole, but certainly it goes with the guys uh, like Verlander, like maybe even Mike Clevenger, who I really, really like, like Shane Bieber, uh, who had an awesome year last year, but certainly pitched a little over uh, his head from what people thought he was going to be, um, even at his peak. Um, I think something you have to consider when you're looking at this range of pitchers is the opportunity cost in the hitter that you are not taking. So if you just look right around the NFBC ADP of, uh, of Justin Verlander, you've got right in front of him Freddie Freeman, Right behind him, Bryce Harper, J.D. Martinez, uh, Anthony Rendon a couple of spots back. Uh, maybe in your league, um, you know, Fernando Tatis could slide and still be available when you're taking Justin Verlander. I would take all those hitters over Verlander, and I would do so relatively easily because of the risks that are associated with Verlander, because of ways that hitting can fall off, and because I, there's a, a group of pitchers that I like a lot that I'd feel comfortable uh, as my top two guys in the you know, let's say about SP 13 to SP 25 range, that if I ended up with two of them or even three of them, I would feel pretty good about my pitching staff. I just think the risks associated with Verlander and his health and, you know, the Astros are 
maybe still going to be uh, dealing dealing with the uh, the sign stealing fallout, which feels like it happened uh, back when the Black Sox happened at this point. <laughs> but uh, and maybe there's still going to be some lingering effects there that bring down the team. Remember how quaint it was when we could talk about that being something a team was going to have to deal with in this 2020 season. Uh, just way too many risks associated with Verlander for me to take him at what that ADP is going to be. Well, we've got a couple more pitchers who are still within the top 10 amongst uh, starters in ADP who, who carry some risk. Uh, we're going to get to that in a second. Did you know that 75% of us are walking around everyday life chronically dehydrated? We are suffering needlessly from frequent headaches, energy slumps, and poor focus. It doesn't have to be this way. Hydrant creates flavored electrolyte packets you mix directly into your water to make hydrating your body easy and delicious. Each rapid hydration mix has the four essential electrolytes your body needs. Sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc help you hydrate quickly and stay hydrated all day. And Hydrate is backed by research. The formula was developed by Oxford scientists to provide perfectly balanced, efficient hydration. There's no synthetic colors or artificial sweeteners. The formula is vegan, and you can choose between three different flavors or a variety pack. Hydrant starts at just a buck a packet for a 30-day supply, and you can save even more with a monthly subscription. And for 25% off your first order, go to drinkhydrant.com slash baseball. That's drinkhydrant.com slash baseball for 25% off your first order. All right, Michael, let's get back to, um, we're still within the top 10 here of starting pitchers in ADP. Let's get to a couple more. Steven Strasburg is at number eight. So he is um, right behind Jack Flaherty at six, Shane Bieber at seven, pretty bunched together here. Um, Strasburg is eight. Mike Clevenger is nine and their, their ADPs are virtually indistinguishable. Um, less than a, a spot apart, Strasburg and Clevenger, they carry their own risk. I mean, Strasburg last year, um, a big jump in innings pitched, but I think he still has to be considered even in a shortened season, uh, somebody who maybe could miss some starts and, uh, Clevenger, of course he had meniscus surgery, um, just back on February 14th. He is apparently ready to go, but, uh, I, th- I think I would want to discount him at least a little bit. Who are, who are you actually more concerned about? Who do you think deserves the bigger discount, Strasburg or Clevenger? You know, I actually feel good about both of these guys. Um, you know, both of them were, I mean, Clevenger was going to be uh, on the IL to start the season if the season started on time, but we're talking about an injury that they were already expecting him back in early May. I, if memory serves, he was already getting ready to start throwing again. Uh, so, or he started throwing like late March, right, right around when opening day would have been had the season started on time. So I, I'm a little less concerned about Clevenger, but I'm not too concerned about either of these guys. I do think that the uh, ADPs on both of them are appropriate. They're guys who I would be comfortable drafting and having as the ace on my team. Really no worries about either of them coming into the year. Um, you know, Strasburg does have a little bit more of an injury history. Obviously, Clevenger had that lat injury from last year that curbed what was looking like a breakout season. Um, I think Clevenger has a little bit more of a ceiling, uh, but both guys are guys who I feel comfortable with that, what their draft day prices are going to be. All right. Well, um, I mean, do you have a preference of one over the other? Yeah, you know, I like Clevenger a little bit better. Um, again, when you go back to last year uh, before the lad injury, uh, a couple of excellent starts. Really, no one was touching him his first few trips to the mound. Um, he was reaching new velocities uh, that he hadn't previously had. And if you go back to 2018, still a pretty good season. So this was a guy who was clearly building on things, a guy who 
um, you know, pick the brain of Trevor Bauer, his former teammate in Cleveland, and use that to his advantage. Bauer, famously one of the uh, biggest thinkers in the game uh, at the pitcher position, really at any position. And I think Mike Clevenger took full advantage of that. And you saw it reflected in his game, in his repertoire, in the way that he attacked hitters and was really reaching those new heights that a lot of people had uh, chiseled out for him before last season. Unfortunately, that lat injury uh, cost not only him uh, what was looking like a great year, but cost me out what was looking like a great prediction. If you want to go back into the archives, I had uh, Mike Clevenger as the uh, preseason 2019 AL Cy Young Award winner, and I was feeling really good about that before that lat injury. So uh, I just think Clevenger is the slightly better option here. But two guys who I like a lot and two guys who are reason why I would be comfortable fading Verlander for a hitter. It's a spot where you can you know, maybe pass on Verlander, come back around, and get one of these two guys. And I would feel much better about that hitter plus one of these guys than Verlander plus a hitter who is going in the Clevenger-Strasburg range. Yeah, no, that makes sense to me too. Should you miss out on that group? I think that there's a way to get a number one starter at the price of a number two starter. Because mm-hmm. I'm looking – and this just stood out to me um, among this group of, like I said, 20 or so pitchers um, that really distinguish themselves from, from the mob – uh, Charlie Morton is 18th in post-shutdown NFBC ADP, 18th, and yet um, both ATC and the BAT, those projection systems, ha- they have him 10th and 11th in projected roto value. And I, you know, I'm, I actually think that those projections for Morton are slightly on the conservative side, <laughs> and they they have him right around the edges of the top 10. He's going 18th, just behind you, Darvish, and uh, Josh Hader. Of course, Hader not a starter, but we talked in a previous episode about how maybe you could draft Hader almost like an ace. Uh, and Morton is just a little bit ahead of Aaron Nola, Zach Greinke, and Tyler Glasnow. So does that stand out to you in the same way, or do you think he's being drafted appropriately, Charlie Morton? No, I really like Charlie Morton. He's part of, He's like one of the key guys in that group that if I miss out uh, on the, the very elite starters that, that I'm going after, and I agree with you that he can be an SP1, especially when you um, eliminate the uh, injury concerns. And you can't eliminate them, um, but you know Charlie Morton is someone whose injuries have typically cropped up after he's already logged you know, 100, 120 innings in a season, and then he's he hit the IL. So if you're not asking him to throw the ball that much this season, which is almost certainly going to be the case, then you get, you know, maybe an SP overall five out of him without having to uh, suffer through any sort of injury lapse in the season as he has had over the last couple of years. So he's someone who I think, uh, you know, whether even if you already have a starter that you can target because uh, I agree with you that he's coming at an SP2 price but could be an SP1 performer. There's a group of guys like that. His teammate Tyler Glasnow, another one who I think is being way, way, way underdrafted uh, because of what we saw from him last year. And with this shorter season, maybe the injuries aren't quite so much a concern. I think he can also be someone who jumps from uh, the SP20 range up to being a top 10 pitcher. I, I do agree with that. I separate them out because I, I perceive that Glasnow's got much more variability and, and risk right, than definitely. Morton. But I like them both. I actually got them both in the Tout Wars auction, so Morton and Glasnow. Oh, so you. I, so I, actually, I felt really good about that. So Hey, man, in, very, my Tout Wars, uh, in my Tout Wars league, I've got Glasnow too. So if we have a season, you and I can be Glasnow buddies. That's right. Well, I hope we could do that. <laughs> uh, so Glasnow is clearly the end of another tier here. He would be uh, 20th among starters, 21st among pitchers, because, of course, we've still got um, 
Uh, we still got Josh Hader in there in that group. But once we get beyond the, the top 20 starters, um, it's, it's a big drop off in terms of ADP. I think in terms of, you know, should be, I didn't look into it, but in terms of projected value. So one last question here in terms of filling out the, the front of our fantasy rotation. I'm just going to read off the names of the, the, the top starters in that next tier below the top 20 and see if you think anybody belongs in that top 20 or is close enough that they, they'd be a, a target for your number two SP. Uh, Jose Brios, Trevor Bauer, um, Brandon Woodruff, uh, Jesus Lazardo, Sonny Gray, Corey Kluber, Frankie Montas, and Mike Soroka. I don't know if I would necessarily say that they should be right up there in the top 20, but I do buy Brandon Woodruff as someone who can be even better than he was last year. Elite fastball velocity and good fastball command. And you put those two together, you can do a whole lot off of that. He's my favorite guy in that group, and I think that Brandon Woodruff is someone who um, people should feel good about if they go hitter, hitter, hitter heavy. Uh, if, you, if Brandon Woodruff ends up being your number one starter, I think you can still build a winning fantasy rotation off of that. All right. Very, very nice. So a little something to, to think about. We are uh, just quickly here going to get back to the, the news of the day, which is that uh, owner's proposal, because, uh, of course, as uh, you know, we've been anticipating, there is a great write-up in The Athletic from Ken Rosenthal and Evan Drellick. Uh, on it, MLB proposal made. Players now have say over restart. Um, so since we didn't talk about it really on this episode, you want to catch up on the, the latest there, uh, then uh, Kevin Evan Ken and Evan have you covered there, so check that out. And that is going to be all for today's episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you're not already a subscriber to The Athletic, you can get 40% off of a subscription at theathletic.com slash baseball in 15, or you can get a subscription subscription by way of a 90-day free trial, and the whole site is yours uh, either way that you go with that. And if you're listening to this podcast on a platform that lets you leave a rating and a review, we would greatly appreciate it if you take the time to do that. For Michael Beller, I'm Al Melkier. We'll be right back here again on Friday. Mm-hmm.